Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Winner It Gets. I'm your host, Get Ready. So this is ceremony number 10 recap and ayahuasca love story. And this is my a recap of the second ceremony back in the jungle. And this ceremony occurred on Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. So after I give an account of the ceremony, I close with a what I call an ayahuasca love story, which is a myth about one of the myths about how ayahuasca came to be, how someone discovered how to combine these two plants together to create this amazing brew, this brew that helps us create or connect with spirits of plants and our ancestors and our loved ones. And so it's a beautiful story about how this came to be. So before we get into that, as always, I, as always, I encourage you to reach out with any questions you have. And um, if you are enjoying the show and would love to support it, the easiest way to do that is to get you some podcast gear. The link for my podcast gear is in the show notes. There are stickers, hats, mugs, t-shirts, and hoodies. Um, I also have fermented herbal tonics. I just got back uh, home in from the jungle and I'm currently making a new batch of pine pollen tinctures so those those should be available in a few days or actually by the time this episode comes out they should be available and last but very not least if you enjoy this podcast please like it share it subscribe it and leave a review specifically if you were listening to this on the apple podcast app right that simple gesture really helps me out And as always, if you want to get a hold of me, my email and my Instagram are located in the show notes. Okay, so let's get into it. Okay, so this is ceremony number 10 recap, and the ceremony occurred on Tuesday, April 25th. And I'm recording this on Wednesday, April 26th. So last night's ceremony was another big night, and it kind of felt like it was a big necessary step forward on my journey. And much like on Monday night's ceremony, after the first dose, I wasn't really feeling a whole lot of anything. So when the opportunity for seconds came, I jumped right up. And it's always so interesting because I think I've mentioned this before, but the second dose is so small that it just seems to dissolve on your tongue and it never even feels like it makes it down your throat, like you swallow any of it. So it's the tiniest amount, but it always seems to do the trick. I kind of imagine it's got to be like skydiving or something where maybe you're afraid to jump out of the plane and all it takes is a simple nudge from an instructor or your friend and to get you out of the plane. And then once you're out of the plane, a huge experience happens to you. And all it took was that little nudge. And so that's kind of what seconds feels like. So after I took the second dose, I immediately felt charged up and I could feel Ayauma's presence and I could feel the Shitana of Ayauma. And one thing to note is that after my initial meeting with Ricardo on Sunday, he said that it would most likely take around four ceremonies to clean the Shitana. So even though I had a huge release of Shitana on Monday, apparently there is still more to be clean. And I definitely felt it 
uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, I could feel it trying to hide and conceal itself. But as the ayahuasca was flowing through my system, I could feel it gathering it up. And so at this point, I start to feel, uh, I start feeling everything. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling powerful. I'm feeling, I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling nauseous. I'm feeling all of this all at the same time. And so I knew that I had to purge. However, much like Monday night, I wasn't sure which end it was going to come out of. So I got up to go outside to head towards the bathroom. Uh, I went into the bathroom and nothing happened. I then went to, I then headed towards the trees to purge and nothing happened. I then went back to the bathroom. Again, nothing happened. Headed back to the trees and once again, I struck out. At this point, I felt like I was going to burst and I wasn't sure what to do. So I decided, well, maybe I'll just go back in and maybe the energy from the songs can help get something going. Um, And as I was walking back into the Maloka, uh, I got a few steps away from the door and I got one more urge to go back to the trees to give it one more try because I knew that once I popped, that it was going to be big. And the truth is, I actually prefer purging outside. Uh, Sometimes I can be loud and it can definitely get physical. So I like being outside away from everyone so I don't freak anyone out. And as soon as I got to the trees, I immediately felt this surge of energy pulse through me. And then I saw this bright flash of light and then I popped and it shot out of me like a fire hose on three separate occasions and then I broke out into a massive sweat and collapsed to my hands and knees and so I was on my hands and knees for about 20 seconds and just breathing and trying to calm my nervous system and then after that I felt much better and I went back inside and once inside my vision's Well, in fact, all my senses opened up in a big way. And it's really funny and interesting because since I've started this diet back in January, my sense of smell has increased significantly. And I guess it's partly because of the food and stimulus restrictions and also partly because I'm in an energetically open state. And that's kind of the point of dieting is opening you up energetically so you're more aware of the subtleties of nature and the subtleties of energy. But it's it's really interesting to me because I've never really had a strong sense of smell. And now my sense of smell, I feel like I can smell everything. And well, earlier that day, we had a flower bath And the purpose of a flower bath is to clean you energetically. And then after you're, so you, there's just, you grab a big old bucket of water that has a bunch of flowers in it and you rub yourself with the flowers and drench yourself with the water, basically giving yourself a flower sponge bath. And the purpose of it is to clean you energetically. And then after you're done, you're supposed to just air dry. So you leave the essence of the smells on you and I'm learning this because apparently good entities are attracted to 
good smells, whereas bad entities are repelled by good smells. And maybe that means I'm bad because the smell of the flower bath on me was so intense during the ceremony that it was basically making me sick. And so I was back at my mat after purging and I was just being overwhelmed by the smell of the flower bath. So I started to, so I lit up a mapacho and started blowing the mapacho smoke all over me, trying to clear the energy of the flower bath and just hoping to drench, drench myself in the smell of tobacco to hopefully get rid of the smell. And then at this point, my neighbor to the, to my left had apparently filled up a little spray bottle of the flower bath water and started misting himself. Then my neighbor on the right, who I could tell was really deep in it and struggling, um, started misting himself with a bottle of Agua de Florida. So now I'm being bombarded by sweet flower, flowerly smells, and I feel like I'm being suffocated. And at this point, I'm thinking that tomorrow I'm going to talk with both of them to see if they could ease up on the misting of the smells. But then a couple interesting things happen my visions really opened up and I was looking at the guy to my right and my visions looked like it looked like the computer code of the matrix, except it was glowing fractal patterns. I mean, it was really cool. And so anyway, I see him sitting there grabbing his knees, essentially curled up in a ball, looking like he's holding on for dear life. I then see the Agua de Florida all over him giving him this layer of protection and I see that it's working and it's really helping him out. So at this point I decide that I'm not going to talk to him because it's, I can see that it's a tool and it's really helping him through his process. And I don't need to be, I don't need to take that away from him just because it irritates me. You know, I can deal with that. And it was interesting because as soon as I had that thought the smell changed and it became the most beautiful smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. I then saw a flash of light on him and then he let out a huge sigh of relief and then he laid back down and I could tell that whatever he was dealing with had been removed and it was really amazing to watch this play out. And so then shortly after that, I get called up for my song with Ricardo to clean more of the Shitana. And when I was done, I felt much better. I was already feeling pretty good, but I felt much better. I felt nice and clean and I felt centered and I felt light. And then I went back to my mat and then Iauma came in and started charging me up and giving me a ton of strength. I then got a little insight into one of the ways the Shitana had been affecting me and it had been suppressing my strength, power, and confidence. See, about three weeks into my diet, my strength and energy started to nosedive. And now there are obviously many factors playing into this. One one which is the most obvious is the lack of salt and the other and lack of other nu- nutrients due to the food restrictions 
you know, salt as I'm learning is a very important nutrient. And it's, in fact, it's a key nutrient to helping us keep our electrolytes balanced and even plays a major function in muscle activation. So then of course, there is also the fact that I'm eating less than I normally would. So obviously these are major reasons why I have, I have lost physical strength and stamina. But despite those obvious reasons, it always felt like there was something else going on. See, I've spent a basically a lifetime of training my body physically, so I'm very in tune with my body, and I know when something is off. And, well, three weeks into the diet, I knew something was holding me back, and, and even mentally, I started to experience a lot of doubt and lack of confidence and even lack of drive. So, in other words, it just kind of felt like I was losing my edge. Now, in the spirit world, I'm learning things are complicated as part of this is Ayauma's medicine. See, Ayauma is a Quechua word, which means spirit without a head. So one of the aspects of ayahuasca, part of its medicine is to kill your ego or slice off your egoic mind. Now, Obviously, this is a good thing because we know that if we want to reach greater heights, we must suppress or remove our ego. But as Ayauma was charging me up last night, I felt the strength and stamina and drive flow back in me. And I felt my confidence starting to rise and I started to feel more like my old self, but in a much cleaner, purer, a much cleaner, purer version of myself. And I think that is the purpose of this, What right, was to break me down, to strip me down to my core, to remove the old baggage, to allow the dead wood to burn off, to squash my ego so that I could emerge a better, stronger, more improved version of myself. And I mean, it, I can't, there's nothing to say, but it's actually beautiful. And I, I love this stuff. I love how this works. So um, that's basically how the night went. Um, now I want to finish this, uh, off with a ayahuasca love story. See, I, I heard this at the end of ceremony talking to one of my friends and I've talked about this before, but the, how ayahuasca came to be is one of life's biggest mysteries. I mean, it's, it's literally up there with the missing link the the doubling of the consciousness of our brain or the big bang or whatever because how so you should know by now if you've been listening to this podcast that ayahuasca is made with two different plants it's made with the vine the ayahuasca vine and the leaves of a plant called chacruna and so the mystery is how did someone know how to combine these plants See, in the jungle, there are thousands of plant species, if not millions, and many of them are poisonous. And so how would you know to combine two different plants to make a psychedelic brew? And then it's even more fascinating once we know that how it works because... 
the chacruna leaves have DMT in them, but DMT is not orally active because your body produces an enzyme which breaks it down. Well, the vine contains what's called an MAOI, and that suppresses the enzyme in your gut, which then allows the DMT to become active. So, so it's a very complicated system. So again, how would anyone know how to combine these two plants? And so there, there are various myths of how this came to be. And so the one I heard last night, I really liked. And so, um, the story goes is that a husband lost his wife and so he buried her uh in the backyard and so in her from her grave emerged the vine and next to the grave a bush grew and so one night he went to sleep and then he had a dream and his wife appeared to him in the dream and she said if you want to see me again, if you want to speak to me again, you need to combine, you need to combine the vine and the leaves. And she told him how to make ayahuasca. And I really like that because one, just kind of a beautiful love story, but it's also, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm all about the masculine and feminine energies. This had been a really big thing on my journey. And especially the union of the two and that is the union of the masculine and and the feminine see the ayahuasca vine is the feminine aspect and the chacruna leaves the dmt are the masculine aspect and so it's the combining of the masculine and the feminine which then produces this amazing magical brew so anyway that's a beautiful story of how ayahuasca how someone learned how to make ayahuasca it was it's the union of the divine masculine and the divine feminine see you on the other side